Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, good morning, Passion Life Church. How are you doing this morning? I'm so excited to begin this new series called Dreamers with you. You know, we've been in a series called Fruitful for a while, and I'm going to be honest with you, I was just I couldn't wait to get to this series, and I just believe that God has something so amazing for you and I. I'm really believing that this series is going to help renew uh, your passions, your hopes, renew some of your dreams. Can I hear a good amen today? You know, I'm really believing that this series is going to help renew some of your passions and your hopes. You know, I see a lot of people nowadays, they just seem downtrodden. I don't know if it's just because they're looking at their phones all the time. I don't know, but I just seem like it seems like people have lost their passion at times and it, I talk with people and they seem to always talk about their problems and not the hope and the dreams that they have and you know so many times I think we can come to a place in our lives we feel life is all about problems like I, I don't know if you ever get those thoughts it's like wow is this just another problem and my concern as a pastor is that we're so concerned about problems problems, we don't see potential anymore. We're always talking, you know, I listen a lot to people. And when I listen to people, sometimes it's like all about problems. And I'm thinking in my mind, can't you say anything good about the future that God has for you? Can't you say any, can you see potential? And you know what? Unfortunately, many people don't. Because all they see around them is problems. And if you're not careful, we can allow our problems to consume us. So we're only focusing on what we can see with the natural eye. But can I tell you this morning, there is more than what you can see with your natural eye going on. There is a spiritual realm that is all around you. There may be your view, but I want to connect you in this series with God's view of you and your spirit view of what he has for your life because that's really what dreamers do dreamers don't just see what things or how things as they are dreamers see things as they can be can I hear a good amen today and in actuality if we can even come to a place I think that we just see problems and we settle in this place where this is just our reality. People would probably say, Pastor Phil, this is just my new reality. This is just the way things are. And so we start to tell ourselves, this is just the way life is. And you know what happens? We begin to settle for less than God's best. You know why? Because we have abandoned our dreams. And I wonder today how many people I'm talking to, not just here at Passion Life Church, but I don't know if you know this, but people listen to our podcast all around the world. I get text messages from pastors that listen, and some are teaching what we're teaching. And I know that today is not just about our church, but it's about encouraging people to get back to dreaming again. Because here's what I want to do in this series. I want to speak to the dreamer in you. Not the problematic you, the dreamer in you. Come on, somebody. I want to speak to that person who's hopeful. I want to speak because, you know, a lot of times when we come to church, there are series that we talk about that are about problems and we need to learn how to deal with problems and overcome. But I thought this series, what we're going to do, I'm not going to speak to problematic you. I'm not going to speak to present you. I'm going to speak to future you. 
I'm going to speak this morning to the dreamer in you. And yet it's the dream that really, when you look at it, it's the dream that God has for you. That's the very reason why you're alive. Because your dream, the dream that God has for you is the destiny for your life. It is the destiny for your life. But maybe you say, you know, Phil, I just, I haven't had my dream yet. Well, can I just encourage you today? Here's what I know. God has a dream for every person. You know why? He has a destiny for every person. Because if he didn't have a destiny and a purpose for your life, believe you me, you would not be here. And so God is not finished with you yet. Can I hear a good amen? It's not over. I know you see it the way it is, but I want to see it the way God says it is. And here's what I really believe. I believe this is where our greatest frustrations come in. One of our greatest frustrations is that we can have is not pursuing the God-given dreams. We just have settled. I love this scripture, and this is going to be our theme scripture for the series. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this in the Message Bible. God can do anything. Does anybody believe that this morning? That God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working where? Within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. I want to read that one more time. God can do anything. I thought maybe if I read it one more time, you'd get a little more excited. God can do anything. You know, far more than you could even imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pursuing, pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. God loves to do the impossible. God loves to do the impossible. How dare we just settle into a life of possibilities when God wants to do the impossible? And he loves fulfilling dreams. And so what I want to do today is I want to answer the question, why are dreams so important? I mean, seriously, why are they so important? And maybe separate the God dreams that we have from the dreams that we have from eating the bad pizza that we ate last night. How many of you know, have you ever had dreams? You had food poisoning and had some weird, whacked out dreams, right? You've ever had that dream that you are falling? Come on, how many of you have ever had that dream? And then you actually wake up and you were on the floor. It wasn't a dream. No, I'm kidding. But we all have dreams and we can have crazy dreams. But here's the thing. I want to define the dream that God has for you. And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to look at the God dream that he has for our lives. And we're going to look at Joseph, who was an incredible dreamer, but had incredible drama in his life. And how God moved and maneuvered things and how he grew into character to get into his destiny. But what I want to do today is I want to answer the question. So why? Are dreams important? And then I'm going to end today with talking about why don't we see that? And what are some of the things and why aren't we seeing dreams work for our lives? So let's answer the question. Why are dreams so important? Well, here's number one. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Number one, dreams are one of the ways that God will speak to you. He will speak to you all throughout the Bible. And he's still doing it today. 
And here's why. I, here's why I believe he speaks to us in dreams. Because God wants to speak to us outside of our little realities that we have. We can say life is, this is my reality. But how many of you know, God operates in a whole different dimension. God is not limited to the limitations here on earth. God functions outside of time. And here we go through life every day sometimes, and we think, wow, this is my life. And so what God wants to do is he wants to give you a picture and a dream outside of what you feel your reality is. And sometimes if we're honest, we really put limits on God. We really do. We put limits on God because of what we see in our natural eyes. We're looking through the natural eyes. But when God gives you a dream, he's giving you a view through spiritual eyes. I wonder if you saw things from a spiritual perspective, if your life would change. If your life would change. But you know what? Sometimes we're just looking through the natural eyes, but God wants us to see the dimension that he works in, that he flows in. And so this is what I love. Even in our busyness. Anybody busy? Let me see your hand. Anybody busy? Right, okay, great. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, I want you to sign up to volunteer at Passion Life Church. Since you, don't, since you have some time, uh, we would love to have you here and you're not busy. Come on, I, I flipped that one. Did you see that? I'm, my mom didn't raise no fool, right? Come on, volunteer if you're not busy. Get working for the kingdom of God. But you know what I love? That even when you're tired and you're asleep, that doesn't limit God. He can still speak to you while you're asleep by giving you a dream. And he's done it so many times. So even in your time, and I honestly think that's one of the best ways he speaks to us because your body is totally shut down. Your mind is totally shut down and you're not thinking all of these things and he'll interject a spiritual dream, a spiritual view into your life. And God can show you something while you're sleeping. And I want to tell you today, God wants all of us to dream. Well, how do you know, Pastor Phil? Look at Acts chapter two, verse 17. Look at what he says. He says, and I will pour out. It says, and it came out, it came to pass in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on some flesh. What does it say? One, one translation says this. One translation actually says all people. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Watch what happens when God starts pouring out his spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. What does that mean? That teenagers, people that are young are going to start talking about the future, right? Most of them at this point in their life are talking about who's hot and who's not. Come on, somebody. They're talking about who's going to take me to prom, right? They're talking about those things. But he says when God's spirit comes upon young people, they're going to start testifying about the future. And then look what he says. He says, your young men will see visions and your old men will do what? They're going to dream dreams. Do you know that old men don't usually talk about dreaming? They're talking about retirement. Most old men are talking about what golf course they're going to play on. And listen, I have nothing against golf and I have nothing against retirement. But here's the thing. If you're retiring and God still has something for your life to do, then you shouldn't be retiring. I don't want to retire. I want to refire. Come on, somebody. Right? I don't care how old. And the Bible says that whether you're young, you're going to see visions. And whether you're old, you're going to dream dreams. That means dreaming is for everybody. 
So everybody needs to have a dream. And what I think is interesting is that why is God talking about the last days that he's going to ramp up some dreamers? Why is he going to pour out his spirit and people are going to start to dream dreams? You know why he's doing it in the last days? He's ramping it up because Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And I believe we're in the last of the last days. And the Bible says that Jesus is going to appear and we're going to be rose and we're going to meet him in the sky. But here's the reality. And we're going to find this out in this series. When God gives you a dream, it's not just going to change your life. And the dream is not just for you. The dream that God gives you is always to impact other people's lives. That's one of the ways, you know, it's a God dream. As we look into the life of Joseph next week, you're going to find out that the dream that God gave Joseph wasn't just for Joseph. The dream that God gave Joseph would save his whole family in the future. And so our dreams are not just for us, that our dreams are to impact people and Jesus is coming back. And so he's ramping up dreams and I'm believing, let me speak to that dreamer inside of you. It's time to dream again, dreamers. Come on. It's time to remind ourselves of the things that God has spoken and God has showed us. And it's time to dream again. I want you to notice something. He says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. So dreams are born in God's presence. True God dreams are born in the presence of God. I love what Jeremiah 33 verse three says. He says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you did not know. Pastor Phil, are you insinuating that there are things that I don't know. I am very well read. I read Facebook, Instagram. I know it all. No, you don't. That's a lot of times what teenagers say. Please, mom. I know. My son says that. He's eight. I know. You don't know diddly squat. You're eight years old. If it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be here. If it wasn't for me, you know that life cereal that you like? You wouldn't even have, because I bought it. You don't know squat. You don't even know where we get that life cereal. I know. Please. Please. You don't even know how to wipe yourself sometimes. Let's move forward. You know everything. But I think we can have this mentality. And see, when you have that mentality, it's because you're only looking at natural things. You think, and we're like that a lot of times, we try to predict everything. Oh, I know what's going to happen. Listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and when we cry out to him, he's going to show you some things that you have never seen before. You know, I love the way that it reads in the Amplified Translation. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me, I will answer you and tell you, I will even show you great and mighty things, things which have been been confined and hidden. How many of you like for God to show you some hidden things? And then he says this, which you did not know and understand or could not distinguish. I wonder if God could give you a dream to help you distinguish what your purpose and what your destiny is. And I was thinking about this and I think so many of us, including myself, we can just be so closed minded. You know, even with talking with people, I hear people say, well, you know, a man, I've seen it all. You have 
haven't seen it all. Can I just be honest? I love 1 Corinthians 2.9. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says this, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, or, not, or ear has not heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. You haven't seen it all. You know why? The Bible says there's some things that are going to happen that haven't even happened yet. You haven't even seen it. But here's our challenge. We're always looking at our life, I believe, through what can be or what is. We look and we're always looking in the rearview mirror. You know, we define our, our, our potential by our past. And so we look in the rearview mirror and we're like, wow, you know what? Uh, this is, I just think this is just how it's going to be. Can I tell you, no, it's, that's not how it's going to be. Your best is yet to come because no eye has seen or ear has has heard what God has in store for you. There are some things you haven't even seen God do in your life. And I'm talking about even successes. You know, I don't talk a lot if I have to use it as an illustration, but my wife and I, we are part of a, of a huge church in El Paso, Texas. That's one of the ways that we met Tim's story and he was at our church. He spoke in our youth ministry, but in 11 years, we had our, our youth ministry went from hundred kids, over 750 kids, right? And we did four youth services a week. We had one uh, Wednesday night service that had about 250 to 275 students. I preached three times on Sunday. We had three youth services full of youth. It was amazing. And sometimes we can have great victories in our lives, but it can be those great victories in our lives that cause us to get stuck. Cause I've heard people say those were the best days of my life. The best days of your life were in high school. You're 45. Take off your letterman jacket. I have seen miracles. I have seen lives changed around. But can I tell you, the Bible says that I have not seen it all yet, that the best is yet to come because there are some things that we have not even seen. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. There are some of the greatest churches that have not been built yet. There are some of the greatest worship songs that have not been sung yet. Come on, there are some of the greatest businesses that have not been built yet. And here we are like, uh, this is my life. No, there's more. Excuse me. I'm fired up. Why are you fired up? I'm fired up about the future. You're fired up about something you haven't seen yet. Yeah. Cause God says it's going to be amazing. And I have faith today that he's going to do it in your life. So don't tell me you've seen it all. Don't limit God. You haven't seen it all yet. So here's what I got to do. If dreams are born out of his presence, I got to connect to his presence. Jeremiah 33 says, if you call upon the Lord, that's somebody who is connecting to God. God, I want to, and you're going to find out in Joseph's life as we move forward. The Bible says God was with Joseph. So Joseph was a guy who was constantly connecting with God. You know, you don't want to be like this couple who invited the pastor over for dinner. And they invited him over, and after the dinner, they had a great dinner. He left. Well, one of the, the wife couldn't find one of her spoons, and she started to tell her husband, I think the pastor stole the spoon. And he says, no, I don't think the pastor stole it. No, she said, I think the pastor stole the spoon. And so for a year, she, that really bothered her. 
And so they decided after a year, they were going to have the pastor back over for dinner. And so they had the pastor back over for dinner. I'm going to ask him, I think he stole my spoon. And so he went over and he says, you know, she says, pastor, listen, last time we heard, I just have a question. It's been bothering me. She says, did you steal my spoon? And he said, no, I actually put it in your Bible. So for a year, she never opened up the pages of the Bible. She would have found the spoon. But see, here's my point. My point is don't have the pastor over for dinner. No, here's my point. Don't clap to that. <laughs> I ain't having you over, Pastor. <laughs> it's all right. But the point is, is that there's no connection. And we connect with his spirit by his word. His word, the Bible says, is spirit and life. All of those things and connecting in prayer. And God wants to show you. And that's one of the ways that he speaks to us. Are you glad you came to church today? Here's another reason why dreams are important. A dream is always a preview of your destiny. It's always a preview of your destiny. My wife will tell you, I will not go to the movies if we can't see the previews. I always have to see previews because what previews do is they show you enough to inspire you. They don't show you the whole movies. Now, some movies are so horrible, you actually see the whole movie in the preview. You ever seen those? You actually go to the movie and you're like, uh, that was the preview. We saw a preview uh, the other day. Uh, I won't tell you what movie it is, but my wife saw it. She's like, oh, I, I want to see that. I, I want to see that. I, look, I don't want to see that. Why? Why look at the preview. And then she went to go see the movie. She goes, I wish I didn't see that. She goes, how did you know not to see? I said, I saw the preview, right? It just didn't look like it was appealing. It looked very dark. And, you know, I like to go to the movies. I like to be entertained. I like to take my mind off of things. I don't want to go and be bored out of my mind and go like, oh my gosh, I want my money back. But it was all in the preview. And so what God does for our lives in a dream, he gives you a glimpse of the future. And here's what he does. He shows you enough to inspire you, but he doesn't show you everything so you're not concerned about the details. And some of us in our lives are just haven't felt the passion anymore because we've abandoned some of the dreams that God has given us. And so what he does is he'll show you the preview to your destiny. Well, Pastor Phil, I need to know the details. I need to know how this is going to work out. Can I just tell you, you don't need to know the how you need to know the who. See, we connect with his presence. It doesn't matter how you have to know the who the who is God. God is the one that's going to make the dreams come to pass and what he will do. Right. And I'm just going to tell you this. I'm going to set you up. God won't tell you all the details. Right. When he called Peter, remember, he called Peter. He said, Peter, come follow me. He didn't say, Peter, come follow me. One day you're going to die on a cross upside down, martyred as a disciple. He didn't say that. Because Peter probably wouldn't. But you know what did? He called Peter and Peter's life came so passionate for God. Yeah, he made mistakes. Yeah, right. He denied Jesus three times. But Peter also wrote pages in the Bible. Peter also did miracles. And at the end of his life, he wanted actually when they came to crucify Peter, he says, I will not be crucified. I'm not I'm not 
worthy to be crucified right side up like my Savior crucified me upside down. And he was crucified upside down on a cross, gave his life for Jesus. But you know what? God doesn't tell us all the details. What he does is he gets passionate. You don't need to know the hows. You just need to know the who. And sometimes we get lost in the how. Some of us, well, how is this going to work out? How am I ever going to get married? Don't worry about it. Listen, know the who. Stay connected to his presence and who he is. He he will make it happen. It's not up to you to make it happen. It's up to you to connect with the spirit of God. Come on, somebody. And so it's a preview of your destiny. You know, Proverbs 29, 18 says this. I've been reading the message Bible a little bit. I love it because it's just a, 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 a paraphrase of the Bible. You could even say it that way. But it's Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says, if people can't see what God is doing. They stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And they are. People who can see what God is doing in their lives are most blessed. This is why you have to stay connected to the who. And look what it says. One translation says this, without a vision, people perish. And actually, one translation says, without a vision, people wander aimlessly. See, when you can't see what God is doing and you don't have a dream, listen to me, you'll waste your life, you'll waste your energy, you'll waste your potential on things that don't matter. And so many people are doing things that God never asked them to do, and they wonder why they're tired, they wonder why they have no energy. I'm going to tell you, it's because you can't see what God is doing doing. But if you will be a dreamer, if you will have a dream, you can start focusing your energies on what the picture of what God is doing and what he wants for your life. I'm going to tell you one of the most fulfilling things that a person could say is that I am living my dream. I'm living my dream. Oh, Pastor Phil, but you don't understand the people I'm around. Can I just encourage you? Come next week. Because Joseph had his own family that hated him. Hated him. They were drinking the haterade. They hate, come on, they were haters. To the point where they couldn't even talk with him. And see, for some of us, we think that people are the ones that are stopping our dreams. One of the reasons why our dreams are being stopped is because we're not seeing what God sees. So we've got to keep the vision and the dream in front of us. And I believe it's God's will for you to have a dream. Do you know that in the Hebrew, vision and dream are synonymous? The word vision actually means a divine communication. And so God wants to speak through us through dreams. He wants to give you a picture of your destiny. Here's another reason why dreams are important. Number three, God's dream for your life is always bigger than you. And it always requires God's involvement. You know, when I say that God's dream is bigger than you, I think about Abraham in the Old Testament. We used to do this little dance in our children's church. It was called Father Abraham. I don't know if you remember Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham and I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Left arm. Then you start moving your left arm. You sang the whole song right arm and then the whole, it was, it was amazing. Children's church was amazing. All right. Thank God for Father Abraham. 
I love Father Abraham. He really is the father of what we call the father of our faith. He had a desire. God told him you're going to have a son. And man, his desire was one son. But can I tell you, God's picture, God's dream for his life was not that Abraham have one son, but have many sons, many descendants. And I love what God tells Abraham. He's like, look, I don't want you just to have one son. I want you to have many descendants. And one day Abraham is sitting inside his tent and God says in Genesis 15, he tells him, you're going to have to get outside your tent. He says, look, then he brought him outside and said, look now to heaven and count the stars if you are unable to number them. And he he said to them, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. It's amazing how one guy can have a dream and a desire for one son. And God's like, look, my dream for you is way bigger than one. My dream for you is that you have many descendants, but you're going to have to get outside of the tent. Listen, you're going to have to stop looking at the same thing. You're going to have to widen your perspective, get outside and look up. Look at the stars. Look at the who. Look at where your help comes from. It's up. It's not down. It's up. Count the stars. Well, you couldn't count the stars. So God was saying, you're going to have so many descendants. You're not even going to be able to count them. And do you know that the Bible says in the New Testament that if you be in Christ, you are a descendant of Abraham. And so you and I are a seed of Abraham. When we are in Christ, we are a seed of Abraham. Today, we are living in the fulfillment of the promise of what God told Abraham many years ago. And I'm telling you, you can have a dream for yourself, but God's dream will always be bigger and better than your dream. Let me tell you how you know it's God's dream. You know it's God's dream because you cannot accomplish it by yourself. If you can accomplish it by yourself, it's not God's dream. I knew my wife was God's dream for me. There is no way on earth that she would want to marry me. I actually had to pray, God, blind her, please. <laughs> Just blind her, Lord. Right? And he hasn't taken the scales off her yet. But it was supernatural. And this is why a lot of people get frustrated is because they're trying to make their own dreams happen in their own will. And oh, if I just get that promotion and oh, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder, keep on doing it. Because listen, anything that you do that doesn't require faith, God's not in it. Because God only responds to faith. There is no way we could have had a youth ministry like that affecting a community. There's no way me, I could do it. I failed the seventh grade. I barely graduated from, I was going to say Bible college, but then I thought if I said that, then you'd walk out and leave. But I barely, I barely graduated from high school. I went to Christ for the Nations uh, Bible College for a two-year associate's degree, and that's all I got. And if I were to say, man, I'm going to do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. I can only do what God says I can do and be who God says that I am. And today, this church and what God is doing in our life is only a testament to the faith and the power of God. Not to me, but to who he is. And some of you are dreaming way too small. Well, I can do this. I can do that. That's the problem. It's through Christ that you can do all things. It's not just through you. It's through him partnering with you. That's why if you look at your dreams and they don't terrify you and they don't, you look at it and go, oh my gosh, I could never do that. It's not God. 
And some of us have limited God and we just shrink him because of our own limitations. And God told Abraham, you better start looking at the stars because that's what I have for your life. But you're going to have to change your perspective because some of us keep looking at the same thing. If you keep looking at the same problem and you don't put your eyes on the promise of God, you're going to limit God in your life. And I'm telling you, the dream that God has for you is always bigger than the dream that you have for yourself. I could never in a million years imagine pastoring a church in Marietta, California, that my wife and I started from scratch, did not know anyone. We were so awkward. It was so weird going up to people and go, we're starting a new church, right? How do you do that? We would leave right? Little fires at Starbucks. And then they would take them down because it was a church. And we're like, you know, we put ads on Craigslist. I mean, how, how could we come to a place that we are having some type of church that is, is reaching a community and doing things for God, living in one of the most amazing cities, right? In America, in Marietta, in this area. And we love it. And we're doing what we love. It could only be by the grace of God. And I want to this morning say you need to get outside your tent and you need to start looking at the stars and stop looking at your bank account and stop looking at your bills and start looking at the who of God is because he's the one that fulfills dreams. He's the one that gives you the dreams and we need to start to believe again. Can I hear a good amen today? Man, this is good. Some of you are asleep and dreaming right now. That's not what we wanted in the service. No, I'm kidding. If God's not involved in your dream, it's not going to happen. It's got to be him. And here's what we need. We need faith to be able to fulfill that dream. That dream will always require faith. It requires faith. Listen, dreams give your faith a target, right? I understand that, number one, my faith is in God. But see, some of us, you're like, Phil, I don't have any faith. That's because you don't have a dream. You don't have a target. My dreams are the target of my faith. Listen, we didn't start a church just to reach a couple people, right? My faith isn't even for right here. My faith is for a building. My faith is to reach more people. My, my faith is to disciple more people, to raise up leaders, to raise up world changers, right? It's not just in the present. It's for the future but it's going to take faith. And Hebrews 11:1 one says now. So notice this now faith, faith starts right now, but is the substance of things hoped for. So the faith has a target. What is the target? What I'm hoping for. What are you hoping for? It was interesting uh, in our supernatural nights, we had some of the guest speaker ask people, what do you want God to do for you? And they were like, what do you want God to do? Do you have a target? What are we doing? Just existing? And Jesus asked that very question to a blind man. What do you want me to do for you? He could have said, um, you know, um, pray for my family. But he said, I want to see. I want to see. You know what's interesting is that Jesus walked through Jericho. Nobody got healed. Maybe just a couple people. And one blind man cried out to him and connected with Jesus and other people tried to shut him up. But he says, I won't be shut up. Jesus. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? He says, I want to see. I want to see. 
But can I ask you, what is it that you are hoping for? What is it is the target of your faith? I'm going to be honest with you, my church family. I'm praying for people. I'm praying for people in our church. I was really a little surprised. Can I speak to you for just a moment as a pastor? You know, on this area of faith, we need to grow in our faith. It's interesting all the time how people during supernatural nights and these things, some people get healed. And then some people are just like, eh, just, you know, whatever. Okay, so that's how you see God and, and your faith is just like, eh, whatever. That's why you are the way you are. That's why some people get healed and others don't. You know, there are people who wouldn't even show up. Your faith, what are you targeting? That's why God is not doing things in your life because there's no target. He wants to give you a dream. He wants to heal your body. He wants to take care of the debt that you have. He wants you to live the life that he has for you. And then they blame God secretly. Well, no, God doesn't heal. No, he does. But you know what? You're going to have to connect your faith to what he's doing. And I'm telling you, the best is yet to come in your life. Let's shoot our faith for it. Come on, let's have a target. Let's not be the same people we are in two years. Come on, let's start a business. Let's do something great. Let's do what God has called us to do. I think I'm going to have to take a break here for a moment because some of you are like, what is he on? I'm going to drink what he's having. I'm serious. I came today to talk to the dreamer in you. I can honestly say we're living the dream. We're living the dream. I love it. And it's not even over yet. Can you say the same thing? But your faith is going to have to have a target. And because it's only faith that pleases God, my church family. Believing that he can. God is the one that makes dreams come true. Now, I want you to look at me today because I'm going to speak the truth in love. Not everybody wants to dream. You're going to see the haters next week. You're going to see the haters that when the dreamer starts speaking, they start spewing hate because they're all, there's some in churches today. There's some, I hear it all the time. Well, churches shouldn't, you know, churches shouldn't be big. Churches shouldn't be big. Jesus fed 5,000 people. Do you read the Bible? And that was just the women and children. They didn't even count the men. That means there were like 15,000 people when, well, churches should be small. It's because you're small. Would you stop? Stop. Stop limiting God. And I ain't going to hang out with you with a limited mentality. And we, this is what we do. Oh, well, I just live in Marietta. It's just a small town. Look, can I just tell you, Marietta is 100,000 people. Can I tell you that Menifee is growing and Menifee is almost at 100,000. Come on, somebody. Right, Temecula is at 100,000. From right here, 20 mile radius, there's 450,000 people. This is not a little small place. This is a place that God wants to reach tons of people. And we've got to expand our mind and start to grow to the big things of God. God is big. Can I hear a good amen today? Why do we think so small? Jesus said so many times you have little faith. You know what that meant? That meant why do you ask so little of a God that has so much? Why do you ask so little? But you've got to have faith. Well, I'm never coming back to this church because that's a church of faith. It is a church of faith because that's the only way we please God. It's a church of faith. But what is it? What is it, my church family? What is it that stops us from seeing these dreams 
come true. Let me just give you these last three things today. Number one, I think we have a wrong view of life. For many people, what's happening in life has just become a distraction for what God wants in there. Right? Two years ago, it was, it was the economy. Two years ago, it was that president. Two years forward, it's this president. The president is not your problem. Your problem is you don't believe God and do what he can do because your God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and his kingdom is not limited to what's are happening in our economy, no matter who the president is. Can I hear a good amen? amen. But this is what we do. Oh, oh my goodness. And is he going to be elected again? What does that have to do with you? You should be praying for that person anyway. But you know what? I'm not on this economy. I'm on heaven's economy. But the reality is, is that we get stuck in the way that this life is. And I wish I had better news, but the Bible says things are going to get darker and darker. And I'm telling you why they're going to get darker and darker. Because God is setting up the church. This is the greatest opportunity for the church to be the church. And light shines best in the darkness. And we are the light of the church. And we have to stop just attending church. And we need to be the church. And we need to be people that are dreaming. Why is it? All right, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm already in trouble, I think, so it doesn't matter anymore. Why does the world always have to have the best music? Now, worship is amazing. I love a lot of worship songs, but I talk to even some of my pastor friends, and they'll tell you that from week to week, they listen to secular music because they just it's better. You know why? Because we've stopped dreaming. Why are we always following the world? Why can't we be the light? Why can't there be a creative explosion in the church where the world is going, how did you come up with that? No eye has ever seen something like that. No ear. I've never heard music like that. Why are we always trying to copy the world and not get in touch with a creative God where the world is looking to us? Right? Because we've settled in this view of life. But here's what I know. When you have your eyes on something bigger, your life gets bigger. When you have your eyes set on a big God, your life will get big. When you have your eyes set on something larger, guess what? You'll get larger on the inside. So we have the wrong view of life. Here's number two. This can stop us as well as we have the wrong view of ourselves. We have the wrong view of ourselves. Some of you in this room have gone through so much, so much. Listen, I don't want to minimize that today. You've gone through so much, but here's what you're doing. You're defining your potential by your past. Well, that's just the way it is. It's never gotten any better. Well, it's time to dream again, right? God's not looking at your life through the rear view mirror. He's looking at your life through the front windshield. And I got good news for you today. God never consults your past in order to give you the future that he has for you. He never consults your past. You want to look at the misfits that are in the Bible? Moses killed somebody. And then he called Moses to go back to the very same place where he killed somebody. He turned a murderer into a missionary. Come on, somebody. Look at Paul. Paul killed people. And Paul is writing in the Bible. Your past, God does not consult your past for your future. And I'm telling you today to open up the dream that God has for you. Stop looking behind and start looking forward. Come on. In Jesus' name. I don't know if I'm motivating you, but I'm motivating myself. I'll tell you that. I know you know this, but I'm going to say dreams are about the future, not about the past. That's why we need to dream again. 
And some of you need to stop rehearsing your past and let God open up your mind to something new. It's not God that's accusing you, it's the devil. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. And he's whispering in your ear, nothing's ever going to get better. That's just the way your life is. You know what? Can I, can I just be real honest with you? I've been so honest. I, I, I'm too real to be fake sometimes. You know what the devil tells me? And I know it's going to be hard. I don't mean to, it to be hard. But I'm saying this. Hopefully it's a teachable moment. And I'm saying it because I think sometimes you come to church and you think that we stand here and we recite these beautiful lyrics or whatever you think this is and that we don't have to deal with some of the stuff that uh, that we're telling you to do. I have to deal with this stuff every day. Since I was little, I never met my real father. You know what the devil tells me? He says, why would anybody care about you if your real dad didn't care about you? I got voices in my head. I got the, the enemy accusing me. You don't know how many times I'm in worship and I feel like I have a word from the Lord and he's reminding me of what I did in high school. He's the accuser. But see, if you're always looking back, you're not going to look forward. And let me tell you, we sang it today. Today, my church family, come on, receive this. It's a new day in your life. It's a new day. There's new mercies today. It's a new day. Not because I'm saying it, because the word, come on, clap like you believe it this morning. It's a new day today. And the devil's accusing you, but God sees greatness in you. God sees greatness. Why? Because he don't make junk. He don't make, he made you and he sees greatness in you. The problem is you don't see it in yourself. The problem is you don't see it in yourself. Rex, when he was here, said something that is really, he says, uh, similarities create comfort, but it's your difference that creates rewards. I can't tell you how many times people have told me, I come to your church because you just preach different than other people. You're just different. I know, and some people don't like it. Some people want me to be a carbon copy of the last pastor of the church that they just left. I'm like, you just left that church. Why do you want me to be that? I don't know, I'm just talking, I'm just saying. Why do you want me to be something that you just left? But it's my difference, and I had to struggle many years, believe me, Believe me, I was one of my heroes. I would every week I'd copy what they do. And that's kind of how you start. But you know what? I had to figure out who I was. But you know what? People have told me when you speak, it's refreshing because it's so different. And I actually laughed in church. Like I laughed in church. I, I mean, I've never laughed in church. And I, and I feel like I was challenged, but yet edified. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm still finding my own voice. But you know what? I have to have a view of what God sees about my life. And God sees me so unique. And so many people are such, God has created you as an original. And most people die as a cheap carbon copy of somebody else. Yes. Because society tries to make you into what they think. We're going to talk about this in greater detail. That's what they did to Joseph, right? They tried to steal the favor off of his life. And that's what people do. So when you rise up as a dreamer, you need to know that God sees greatness in you. You have to see it yourself. Come on, somebody. This is why you can't see yourself the way you see yourself. You have to see yourself the way God sees you. And what God does is when he gives you a dream, Listen, he's giving you a picture of the future you that you're going to be. You may not be there now. That's why you need faith. Because when you see that dream, you're like, whoa. 
but that's where God sees you. And it's going to take faith to connect where you are now to there. But let me say it this way too. It's also going to take some character because we're going to see in Joseph's life that his dream is his destiny, but he had some character things because when God shows you the dream, you may not be there even character wise, but when he shows you what you are going to be, there's going to be a time where your character is going to grow into the dream that he has for you. And so when we look at the dream, it gets us excited. Can I hear a good amen? amen? And so God will give you a picture of your future life. Here's the last one. I think not only do we have a wrong view of life, we have a wrong view of self. But I want to close with this one today and the worship team can come. I think we have a wrong view of God. I really do. We serve a powerful and mighty God. Listen, I can always tell what a person believes about God by how they pray. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Just get me through the day today. So you have an almighty, powerful God that does the impossible. And your only prayer is, Lord, get me through the day. That says a lot about what you believe about God, right? Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. But if I die before I wake, Lord, I pray my soul to take. What a morbid prayer. But see, is that the prayer of a dreamer? Do dreamers pray that way? Lord, just help me. Help me through the day. Do people who believe they serve a big God pray that way? No, they don't. People who serve a big God and believe they have a big God pray big prayers. They ask God. Faith has a big ask. A-S-K. Come on, I said it. Faith has a big ask, right? They pray like Jeremiah prayed in verse Jeremiah 32, verse 17. He says, you have made the heavens and the earth and your great power and your outstretched arms. There is nothing. 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 There is nothing that is too hard for you. Does that sound like a prayer of a dreamer? That's a prayer of a dreamer. See, people who have a big God dare to dream big dreams. You know why? Because they know God is big. They know God is big. And if you believe today that we serve a big God and today you're going to say it's time for me to dream again, I want you to stand to your feet. I want to give the Lord a great round of applause for his presence this morning. Come on, let's honor his word. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.